Ask James Blunt how long it takes to write a number one hit song, and he'll tell you. Two minutes. That and a chance encounter with his ex-girlfriend was all it took to create the lyrics and general structure of the second single off his 2004 debut album, Back to Bedlam. Blunt finished the song with the help of Sasha Scarbeck and Amanda Ghost, and the song has gone on to be his biggest hit around the world. Reached number one in the UK, Canada, and the US, and number two in Australia, and has gone on to be the defining song for Blunt, despite his feelings that the song does not best represent him. It was marketed by a record company to appeal to women during desperate housewife commercials, and you lose 50% of the population in doing so. The marketing also painted me out as an insanely serious person, an earnest person, and, as all my friends know, I'm anything but. I have a couple of over-emotional, miserable songs that I'm known for, but I think it's turned that corner now. People can see I don't take myself that seriously, said Blunt. Blunt has also disputed the popular interpretation of the song being romantic. He says, It's not the song that people think it is. It's about this guy who's high as a kite, stalking someone else's girlfriend. It should be locked up and put in prison, but people think, Aw, oh, he's a sweet romantic. If you think that's what romance is, then I think you're pretty weird. Also hotly disputed is the idea of whether or not this song is any good. Despite its popularity and critical success, Blunt's hit song has graced several different worst songs of all time lists. It ranked number seven on the most annoying song poll conducted by Rolling Stone magazine, and number one on One Music's most irritating track poll, Gigwise's 20 Worst Love Songs of All Time, and Heavy.com's Worst Songs of the 2000s. That's right, we're talking James Blunt's You're Beautiful on Lover Me. You're beautiful. You're beautiful, you're beautiful, it's true I saw your face in a crowd That's right, it's Lover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one is brilliant. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my co-host with a plan. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's cold here again, but even colder than it was before. Right. And uh, I'm just, I'm inside. That's what I do. Certified Calgary cold out there. Absolutely. That's the good stuff. How you doing? Doing great. It's like certified, it's just, it feels like spring today. I wore a light jacket outside. The sun is shining. That's nice. Grass well, is growing. our sun is shining too. We have sun. Yeah, but it, what is it doing at that point? Just... <laughs> That's a good question. Why do we even have it? Just get rid of it. <laughs> get rid of the fucking thing. It's uh, not doing anything. Yeah, no, I, I know what that weather is like in Calgary. You're like, well, the sun's out, so it should be okay. <laughs> it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's good out here. It's supposed to get cold this coming week, but that's Vancouver cold, so it'll be like minus five or some shit. Mm, not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I haven't worn a winter coat once this year. That's so yeah, the weather here is great. Um life is life is good in the old YVR as the kids call it. Yiver. Yeah. Just using this opportunity to uh play a lot of video games. Too many? Yeah, maybe. that's that's the way to do it. Yeah. But that's what you know, that's what uh COVID is for. That's exactly what it's for. Apparently, because like what else am I gonna do? Go out? Certainly not. No. No, I'm not. No. I mean, as long as you're staying alive, staying safe out there, you do whatever the fuck you yeah. want in your spare time, what as far as I'm concerned. Go to a station and and make eye contact with women? <laughs> yeah. Not in this now. economy. Not in this economy. Now, in um, the 2005 economy, on the other hand. Oh, yeah. It's bumping. 
that's this is the time to do it. Uh, yeah, you're beautiful, James Blunt, Alex. You were around when this song was released. Yeah, you were alive and well. Both of us were. Oh yeah, we were mostly uh, we've mostly been around the same time times. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a little older, a little wiser. Yeah, you, but, you, you got know. those months. Months. <laughs> <laughs> But now, yes. Alex, I'm assuming, much like myself, you probably hated this song when it upon initial release. Well, yes. I, I mean, I didn't follow the release, obviously, but like once, once I heard it out and about, I was also uh, well into my music snobbery in 2005. Oh yeah. Dog. So absolutely, it was a new song. It was this. It was sappy. Yeah. <laughs> Was not into it at all. That said, the riff in this song is has always been stuck in my head. Well, not stuck in my head, but like it's very memorable. Right, that doom, 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 doom. Exactly, and like I often remember it without even remembering the rest of the song. So it's it's got something going for it. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, it's been called like the worst song of this or that, maybe the year, maybe ever, maybe. Just the worst song by a British artist who served in the military or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 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 on a lot of these, criteria. and I think I think unfairly so. Yeah, it was. I think pretty ubiquitous for a while. Like yeah. like I heard it a lot, and even I remember seeing people with like the the album artwork shirt, which is mm. like a kind of a two tone thing of his face. Right. Um, yeah. Is that right? Two tones. Yeah, one um, for the plug and one for the load. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like it's like a shadow outline kind of his face, um, and I always thought it was, or at first I thought it might be Jim Morrison, but I was wrong. It's not Jim Morrison. It's James Blunt. Oh yeah, I could see that. There is a, a Doors like best of album that has that has this, like yeah white, that basically. same kind of thing. Um, so I always got to mix up with that, and other than that, we used to sing this song. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember why, but we used to sing songs a lot, like when we were just walking around and we'd like sing "We Didn't Start the Fire" or something. And this was one of them. We'd we'd put on the falsetto and sing "You're Beautiful." You're beautiful. Yeah, it was it was definitely taking the piss. It was ironic, but it it was undeniably fun to do so, and frankly, still is. Yeah. It's it's a fun voice to because it's like kind of a high voice and you can just go into that falsetto and not too difficultly sing it. Yeah. In that fashion, uh, which admittedly is fashion. not like the most, um, not like the greatest singing or anything, but. Yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, this whole thing front to back, like he wrote the lyrics in two minutes. And then he took it to L.A. Uh, and went over it with this dude, Sasha Scarbeck, who is known for uh, also, he's a, let me see, where the fuck is he? Songwriter, producer, film scorer, and multi-instrumentalist, known for this song and Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball, two of his big popular contributions. Yep, quite popular songs in their day. Yeah, so he took it to to this this fella, Scarbeck. And so Scarbeck said that Blunt brought the title verses, the title verses, and the approach of the chorus to a songwriting session. And then, so his contributions, Scarbeck's, were focused on the music aspect, uh, chord ideas for the verse, honing the melodies, and making sure the song stuck to, quote, a couple of key hooks rather than making it too complicated. 
uh, and all in all, it took them like to lay everything out about three hours. So three hours and two minutes, and you have a number one song that defines the rest of your career. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds like he's had some issues with that. Uh, we you hear about that a lot, right? Like where artists are like, "Hey, this is my one popular song, but I'm so fucking sick of singing it or whatever," uh, because it's like <clears> their <throat> big one, and they have to play it at every concert, or people will riot. Um, and this is that for him. <laughs> yeah, and it is like his relationship with it seems to be complex because, like, there is the popular perception of it. And then there's his relationship to the song he's talked about in some quotes. He's like, well, really, the problem with it is just it's been forced down the throats of people. So, like, of course, people are sick of it. They're tired of it. He's like, but I don't listen to the radio, he says in a quote. He's like, I don't listen to it. So when I hear the song, it's just a reminder of a certain piece of my life. It's sad a bit because it's about him encountering an Mm ex-girlfriend. But he's like, it's also kind of beautiful. And even in the context of the album, he's like, it's probably the worst song on the album. (laughs) <laughs> like he's, it's it's fine but it's the, like everything else on that album is much better in his opinion so it's, it's just very weird to be like most well known i think for the worst thing you've done yeah but i i do agree with what you said before that it's probably not fairly called one of the worst songs of all time like what does that even mean yeah to be like, the worst uh, like what's so offensive about this song that makes it one of the worst ever I feel like it's just one of those things where, like, one person says something and then it kind of becomes a popular opinion somehow and then people latch onto it, which is what I blame the hatred for uh, Hawaiian pizza on. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Man. And it, it's a, it's one of those things where since it's such a non-issue, it's much easier to, easier to take a stance oh, on exactly. it. exactly. Yeah, you could die on this hill all day long because you're not going to die on this hill. You're going to, like, get nicked. Yeah, exactly. It's it's it, there's no value in it, yeah, and yeah. I think it is just oversaturation with this song. Like you said, it's yeah. got a hook that's stuck in your brain for years. Yeah, uh, he's got a unique singing voice, and it's pleasant to listen to. Like, and the song's quick. It's like fucking three minutes, three and a half minutes. Like it's a perfectly good pop song, and honestly. With the story behind the lyrics, and I'm going to use this as a bridging point to jump in there, I think it, I don't know, captures something that, well, maybe not this romantic, I don't think is also perhaps this criminal that he has, I also think jokingly portrayed <laughs> yeah. that in, in some of when his he, quotes. When he says this guy should like be in jail because he's a sex yeah. pest or something. So that's the thing is uh, Greta likes to likes to go to James Blunt's Twitter page because he's fairly flippant with his uh, opinions and stuff there. He's <laughs> he jokes a lot. So his most recent one, I think, is from just the end of January. And it's a quote tweet. Somebody says, do you think James Blunt has run out of his your beautiful money yet? And he's just put a lot of laughter. He says, ha 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 No. <laughs> he is. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be the cash cow, right? Money. Like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how big James Blunt is outside this song, honestly. And I don't think I know, like, I don't know a James Blunt song outside of this song. I actually know one. I didn't even listen to anything else just out of curiosity this week. Okay, well, it's, I, I know his third most popular on Spotify here, which is 1973. 1973. Not a bad year, honestly. Not a bad year. For, honestly, uh, for pretty music, catchy song. Um, I don't know what else happened that year, but... There was at least. <laughs> yeah, it could be a horrendous. <laughs> yeah, year I don't want to say that. But like, yeah, pretty good year. And it was like, well, there were several genocides. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not great everywhere. <laughs> You're like us. 
Good in some areas. There was like a good David Bowie album. Like, does that make up for it? Yeah. Maybe not. Pick a year in the 70s and that's pretty <laughs> I know, much right? true. <laughs> Yeah, I think he gets by, though. He, he does just fine for himself. I don't think he's hurting in any way. No. Yeah, so that's my relationship with the song. It's our relationship with the relationship. That, that is song. our relationship with the song. It's fine. Let's talk about these lyrics. Um, I guess maybe we should talk about the quote about where this song comes from. Right. So it is, it is uh, like a biographical one. He talks on, I think I got a quote from him on Oprah here somewhere. Oprah. On, on March 8th of 2006 on the Oprah Winfrey show, he said, It's kind of miserable. It was about seeing my ex-girlfriend on the underground in London with her new man, who I didn't know existed. She and I caught eyes and lived a lifetime in that moment, but didn't do anything about it and haven't seen each other since. So that is the, the impetus for this. So this moment, this very just like small moment in a day happened. He went home, knocked out the lyrics in two minutes. Um, and here we are today. Uh, newspapers, so journalists have uh, done some digging, and they claim that his former girlfriend that he encountered here is a woman named Dixie Chasse, or it could be Chase, I don't fucking know how to pronounce it, the casting assistant for the Harry Potter films. Oh. Among uh, presumably other Hollywood works, but that's who they believe it is, and James Blunt has said in interviews, he's like, I don't, I'm not going to confirm or deny it, it's just not worth my time. Yeah, I mean, pretty good casting in those movies, so. Oh, yeah. Way to, so, way to she's, assist. She's doing fine. She doesn't need James Blunt fame to, oh. to boost her career. She's doing fine. Oh. Yeah, that's probably good. Uh, with that, let's get into these lyrics, which I, I'm going to have to do a quote again with just the first one, because he repeats it. My life is brilliant. And he says that twice. My life is brilliant. My, my love is pure. Um, that is, of course... Only in the album cut. A lot of radio edits cut out his false start. Which is weird, because it's not that long. Like, it's not like they're shaving off a minute or even 30 seconds. It's like two seconds. Yeah, and I think it, I don't know, I think it is a good repetition line. Yeah, so the story there is that he came in early when they were recording. Like, it was a mistake, mm -hmm. and they left it in. Um. But yeah, kind of the false start kind of adds some uncertainty to it, and he's kind of got an air of uncertainty because the whole thing is about him seeing someone. Now, in the song itself, the, the actual song itself, he doesn't say, like, it, I recognized you from before or anything. It's just a random person. Yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily a, a, an old connection. It is just, a, like, a random connection. Yeah. But he's also... Um, Hi. Yeah. He's on drugs. He's, he says, my life is brilliant is, is my little joke. I think in my elated state from whatever concoction I might have taken at the time, life did really seem brilliant. The tube certainly looked very colorful. The tube, of course, being London Transit. Ah, oh, the tube. The tube. <laughs> the tube. As, as they uh, say. Yes. So wait, how far did you get in the lyrics? I, I forget. Just I got some my love is pure. Yeah. We're so that's, the first, that's that far. first line. And... Starts with, yeah, yeah, sort of like innocence idea. Uh, I saw an angel, of that I'm sure. She smiled at me on the subway. She was with another man. But I won't lose no sleep on that, because I've got a plan. So, yeah, he just, like, sees someone, and he's like, ah, this is a hot person, attractive person, and 
and then they make eye contact, I guess. And then she smiles because that's kind of what you do when you make polite eye contact. That's right. You, you'll you smile at somebody. But, like, that's what we used to do when we went out in public. You may not remember it anymore. Yeah, and even if you do it now when you're out in public, there's a mask on. You don't, yeah, you don't know if anybody's squint smiling. squint at people. Yeah, just, eh. Um, I, yeah. Sorry, I thought you Yes, so he, he sees a woman. He saw an angel of that, I'm sure. Um, there is a little confusion here, because later he talks of an angel as well, but I think it's a here the angel, angel is the woman. Yeah. But then the different angel is the angel who thought up him being with this He's woman. just thinking about angels. Mm-hmm. A lot. And, I, and contextually, uh, what we know of the actual situation this is based on, uh, that, that polite look is a little more, there's a little more room for there to be meaning there. Because they have an established relationship. Right, yeah. just like an acknowledgement of, like, another person, but not wanting to interact, probably. Mm -hmm. An awkward well, interaction. Yes. And it's so quick, because you're on the subway, right? One person's getting off, one person's getting on. It's... It's passing. It's an instant. Yeah. But then he comes in at the end, he says he's got a plan. He doesn't say what he has a plan to do, but presumably his plan is to win over this person somehow. Which is absurd, yeah. right? He's just like, ah, this random person who's clearly already in a relationship. I will. Yeah. I'll get in on that. Yeah, it's that classic romantic idea that comes up in, in movies and stuff a lot where it's like, oh, they're in a relationship, but I have a plan to what thwart that relationship and then steal them? Like, that's lunacy. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's not what romance is. But he's got a plan. Of course, that plan, and I'm spoiling the song a little bit, there's no plan. Like, nothing happens. Uh, uh, yeah, he doesn't say, I'm going to do this, and then doesn't do it. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't say anything. He just says, I've got a plan, and then says, you're beautiful. Maybe that's his plan. Yeah. Say, you're beautiful. But he's and then he says, to, to contradict those last lines, I saw your face in a crowded place, oh, right. and I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> I'll never be with you. With you. And now he's sad. Because he's, he's saying this, this isn't going to happen. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's all over the place. Um, don't know much. Maybe that is his plan, is to say you're beautiful, but then he doesn't. He's like, shit, now, now what do I do? Yeah, well, so people, and we, I, we have to bring, I guess, the music video into this as well. Sure. Which ends with him jumping into the ocean. Uh, and some people suggest that his plan is to kill himself. Uh, whereas others suggest, or the, the director himself says it's more of like a, a symbolic gesture of letting go. Yeah, that's so, pretty extreme. Uh, mm -hmm. So like the, the journey of this song is him being like, this moment happened, it was deeply meaningful. He believes to both of them, but at the very least it was to him. And right, this is right. him sort of packaging that memory and being like, because he, he ends it saying, I have to face the truth. I'll never be with you. And then that's the the end of it right just leave that there it meant something maybe but ultimately i have to move on yeah and like you don't get anywhere pining after random women believe me oh yeah <laughs> dog i uh, tell you all right yeah so that's not gonna that's not gonna get you anywhere um but there's another verse which basically just describes the same thing but kind of expands on it and introduces the the fact that he may be an unreliable unre narrator, right? True. <laughs> At least in the 
the the album version the radio edit slightly different let's talk about this yeah. yeah she caught my eye as i walked on by she could see from my face that i was fucking high and i don't think that i'll see her again but we shared a moment that will last till the end yeah so again just saying he noticed someone obviously and then but he's like not only is he high He's like noticeably high, like she could tell. Like he's, yeah. his like eyes are red or something, and he's like giggling. I don't know. Yeah, just you know, like dilated pupils or something. Like he looks like he's on drugs. So she's just like, it kind of recontextualizes the smile too, right? She's just like, in the context of the song, divorced from the actual story. Um, she's mm-hmm. just like, it it makes the smile much more awkward in the song. I think. He's like, right. get this stoned fucker away from me. Like, Yeah, this stone dude's just going, looking at me. Staring. I don't even know if he's looking at me or through me. Yeah, like, he's <laughs> yeah exactly. And from his perspective, from the perspective of it being an ex, you never want to like look like shit when your ex <laughs> sees you. <laughs> and being like super high in public is not the best look, Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, And no from experience. No, it's not... Especially if you're just, like, setting, staring with your mouth open. Like, that's not a good look, yeah. sober or otherwise, right? So. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says in that moment, I don't think I'll see her again. But we shared a moment that will last till the end. So it's one of those moments that even if, you know, you're never going to see that person again, it's going to stick with you for a long time. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, this is really a dude who is high experiencing some kind of epiphany. Yeah, and and of course, from her perspective, like she may remember it also because some random stone dude was staring at her. Yeah, and sometimes you just out. lock eyes with somebody you know? in a weird way, and you're like, "Oh, true." You're like, "Do I smile? Would that be better?" Usually, it is. Yeah, usually it is. And then you, afterwards, you're just like, "Why did that person look at me? And why did I look at them back and smile? Was my smile crooked? Like, what the fuck did was I, going on?" Did I on? look at the right time? Like, did I did I calculate the time? Right as you walk by them, right? Because, like, you don't want to look too early. Because you got to make eye contact and then break eye contact, right? So, if it's too early, yeah. then you break the eye contact and you're like, okay, shit, now I have to just stare straight ahead and walk past them. And it's kind of weird. But, like, That's if you right. get it at exactly the right time and then you kind of both time it, then it's like, yes, acknowledge, go. Yeah, exactly. Does it matter? I don't know, but that's what I do. Fair enough. Exactly, right? Cause, and then you're going to be thinking about that moment, regardless of how dumb it was in, in your perspective, for years. Not every day, but you, yeah, you know, everyone's going to be like, five oh, years down the road. That one time? Shit. You're like, oh, fuck. Hmm. Remember when I just stared at that person? <laughs> but then you're like, but they kind of stared at me. You're like, did I Was know it them? weird? <sighs> did they notice? When did they notice and when did I notice? I'm like, yeah. So this is yeah, kind of one of those moments. And he wrote a song about it. He wrote a song. And of course, I think the moment for him and presumably Zach was more meaningful than strangers passing on a subway. But True, true. Uh, yeah, that's the second verse. We get the chorus again. And then we get some na-na-na-na's. Na-na-na-na-na. And then we come to the outro chorus, which is slightly altered. You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. It's true. There must be an angel with a smile on her face when she thought that I should be with you. And then we get a nice little break there, and then it's but it's time to face the truth. I will never be with you. Yeah, so the end so it, there, like you said, kind of very final and like letting go of the moment, letting go of the thing that happened. Mm-hmm. But I think I interrupted you about to talk about the other part. 
Ah, I was going to talk about the angel. Um, sort of just the idea of fate bringing these two together, I suppose, or some some higher force being like, oh, let's put these two together. Yeah, I, and then I don't know. Like, I guess that's something that I'm familiar with because it doesn't sound totally out there. But I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of like, is that actually a th- something that something that I? I think the closest comparison would be like Cupid. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's a Cupid thing, but like the angels. Be like, hey, those two should look at each other for a moment. And maybe, like, laugh at how pathetically this guy did, or maybe just think of love generally and the fleeting nature of love. I don't know. Yeah, like, did they not realize that he was so high? And they're like, ah, fuck. Like, ah, he's so high. (laughs) He's flying high. Oh, we forgot to talk about flying high, the radio edit version. Yes. Instead of fucking high, uh, back on the second Second verse. verse, uh, which, uh, yeah, sort of changes it to him being high synthetically to being, you know, elated. Yeah, or at least, like, yeah, in some way elevated. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I, I mentioned this song this week to to one, one of the roomies, and I said, and he says, fuck in it, and then I forgot there was, like, a radio edit, and they were like, really? Yeah. And then I went and did something else. Uh, I would have had greater respect for the song as a youth if I had known the non-radio edit version. You did used to tell me that there was the word fuck in this song a lot. Oh, damn. Did I? Uh, but but what? I don't think this would have probably been after that time period. Yeah. I, I think I learned that from my sister. Yeah. And, and he says, fucking high. Fucking high. <laughs> And so, so yeah, so he does say line. fuck in this song. He does say fuck. And he says something about that. I got a quote from that, too. Um, he says, I'm afraid I do use fuck a lot. It's a very adaptable word. And you're beautiful. I have the line fucking high. And the record company asked me to remove this swear word. I did try putting in particularly and especially <laughs> instead. That would have actually been really amazing. Aren't suitable substitutes for my favorite word. I was particularly high. <laughs> it's just so fun. <laughs> That would be a, that would be a good w- thing to put in for for a live cover, <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> that would be good. So yeah, it ends with him thinking about this angel that that coordinated this encounter, mm-hmm. and then saying, well, like even angels can't fucking bring us together. Like it's time to face the truth. It's not gonna not gonna happen. And so he does. And yeah, even if you read the genius annotations, it's like at this point in the video, James falls into the ocean and commits suicide. But I mean, you'll notice that James Blunt is still alive. So yeah, obviously he doesn't commit suicide. Yeah, and there is actually in the year 2019, the year of our Lord 2019, there was another video for a song of his called Cold, which follows off. Where or follows up rather where your beautiful left off. Oh, so it shows him washed ashore after diving into the water. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's got to be symbolism, right? Like the video is so simple, and it's like one thing yeah. happens in it. It can't just be yeah, like he'll... he takes off his things out of his pocket because he wouldn't want to damage his whatever watch when he mm-hmm. kills himself. Like. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's about with the those objects in the in that he takes out, it's about sort of, you know, letting go of those attachments. But in this case it's the attachment to this moment. There is a through line. There is a yeah. through line. 
I mean, because water can, yeah, sure, it can be suicidal. It can also be very cleansing, right? Yeah, it's like a baptism, but in the sea. And also, he's English, so it's raining. Yeah. And then, of course, he also, quite dra- dramatically, removes himself from his objects. He's like, here's the scenario, this moment. Here I am laying it out in objects. Here I am getting the fuck away from it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't, yeah. That doesn't, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't seem like suicide to me. No, it's uh, I think it's interesting that this song has room for both the the very saccharine love song interpretation, the sort of sting love song interpretation where this guy's a real creep and (laughs) and some sort of middle ground where it is just like a moment. Yeah, just like this general idea of like what can happen in a moment and like what it means to share a moment with someone else. Mm -hmm. And the sort of infinite possibilities of what can come from a single moment in your life and thinking about all the alternative things that could have happened. Yeah. So there's something there. There's something to this song. It doesn't there's really dig into it, but it kind of leaves it open. Yeah. I want to, since it was written so quickly and so shortly after the event, it does have a, a sort of raw feel to it. It's almost a similar, like a stream of consciousness. Yeah, I mean, really, the two verses, like, they say the same thing. It's like, he introduces himself, and he's like, I saw someone smile at me on the subway. I'm thinking about it. And then he, again, he says, like, I saw her. She saw me. Yeah. Like, also, that's it. super high. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, very explicitly. Just wanted to note, I was particularly high. Um, that day, I was particularly high. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's, that's it, man. Yeah, so, yeah, listening to it this week, I was like, yeah, there's this song's got something there. But, enough about the lyrics, Alex. Let's talk yeah. about the sweet, sweet instrumentation. Yeah, there's a couple, like, elements of the song. They don't change a whole lot throughout the song. Um, actually, I, what I thought was interesting, I didn't recognize the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Until it got to that, like, riff. Yeah, which is like because it really yeah i always associate that just like soft rock from the mid 2000s like it's so iconic (laughs) to me anyway oh yeah like if you had told asked me before this week like what's the start of your beautiful sound like i would have been like yeah i honestly don't know if i would have tied it to the song but i definitely Mm. recognize the riff yeah so yeah, but before that riff comes in, we have sort of two other guitars. One just a simple mm-hmm. acoustic rhythm playing on the right side, and then this sort of low. It's got some kind of filter effect on it or something. Yeah, with a little downward pattern. I, I don't know exactly what it would be because it's pretty light, um, but mm-hmm. it is lower. It's a bit distorted. Maybe just maybe like a bit of a wah, but like it's very light. If anything, yeah, it's very lightly yeah. modulated. And um, I, I. I described it as buttoned down. It it feels like it's a bit distorted, but like still very kind of corralled and just kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not rock and roll, baby. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's quite gentle. And it pretty much stays for most of the song, um, but they kind of yeah, it like sticks throughout. And then there's the strumming, which might be a mandolin. Yeah, I believe that. Books. Um the higher one and then that riff comes in pretty soon but it's not the very beginning yeah and then yeah so it does the riff a bit then he says my life is brilliant the riff continues 
um, and then we come in with the drums and the the vocals and a bass. Yeah. Um, hang and on. We drop the oh, both that lead guitar riff and the uh, that sort of distorted one. Yeah, the lower one while, while he's singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does come in later though. It comes in yeah. like right away. <laughs> comes back in when he says she smiled. Or like yeah. during that line. Yeah, it's right around there. So you get a couple lines without it, it's right back in. So yeah, there's not a lot of that musical like change throughout the song. Uh it'll change mm-hmm. a bit and then it'll it'll go back. Um We they do add piano for the chorus. Yeah, piano does a lot of leading us to the next section. It'll just do a, like a rundown, and then boom, we're in the chorus. Mm. Boom, we're in the next instrumental section. Yes, and then like, st- and then like chords. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is the strings. That's the other thing yes. that comes in there. Um, I think the guitar is gone. I can't yeah. hear it. Yeah, it um, is. But yeah, so like the piano and the strings really what comes in. That kind of like is the swell for the for the chorus, which is really. It's like filling the space out for the intensity um, shift in the chorus. Yeah. As opposed to like getting loud and and aggressive or something. It's just like, let's do some more stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, we talk about. Uh, And I think is still that strumming. Strumming still happening. Yeah, that that strumming, that mandolin is there throughout. And then... um, comes back into that riff after the chorus the, yeah the picks up right riff. after he finishes the line um and then there's a little piano flourish right into the verse like you were saying yeah transitions it's there for transitions yeah and of course it sticks around for the second verse again another pop mm-hmm. classic second mm-hmm. verse is a little more built up than the first yeah. one no mandolin though no mandolin that's right which like oh maybe there is no it cuts out right at the start it cuts out we get the, right the, the distorted down pattern again, that low guitar. Yeah. Um, but there's, so, like, there's another sound. There's another guitar, yeah. which is like like a flanger. Yeah, and it's it's very ambient. It only comes in for, like, a, a second, yeah. that noise. I think it's flanger effect. I would believe that. More of an effect. Um. The other thing that I, this this verse we started to get, he like just kind of hits falsetto like barely, like when he gets yeah, ready, ready, ready. He, he does punch it a little more here, and of course he emphasizes the the words fucking high. She yeah. could see it from my face that I was fucking high. Yeah, you gotta give it the pause. You gotta make people anticipate it, and then they're like, ah, Plenty said fuck. <laughs> he said fuck. <laughs> Yeah, one of the more gentle fucks I've ever heard in a song. True. Not in all the versions, though. Uh, no. And then that the button-down guitar comes back in after, uh, after the verse. Uh, of course, goes back into the chorus, which brings back the strings. Um, yeah. And then the mandolin comes back. Most of the stuff has already kind of come back in at this point. So mm-hmm. not everything needs to, or st- stuck around. So not everything comes back in, but those strings of the mandolin are the big ones. Yeah. And then there's a section between the chorus 
Um, and I wanted to talk about it briefly because I think because I learned something recently. I learned a new yes. term oh, um, good. from the YouTube algorithm, which like threw several videos about this at me for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it's being learned about by a lot, but it's trying to radicalize you. It's trying bro. to radicalize me and and teach me what a middle eight is. A middle eight. A middle eight, which is kind of like a bridge, but it's not a bridge because mm-hmm. it doesn't lead from one section into another. This section goes from one chorus into another chorus, so it's not leading anywhere. Okay. And it's different, and it is basically a bridge, but it doesn't lead anywhere. <laughs> Very similar to a right. bridge. Uh, it's, so it's, in- they're both categorized as interludes, I believe. So if you count it, this is eight bars long. Okay. Uh, a middle eight doesn't have to be eight bars long, but, but this one the, is eight bars. Yeah, that. they're often eight bars long because that's kind of like the right amount of time based on how we make music. Um, right. So this is this is that part, and he sings the the na na na's. Na 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 na's. So like a middle eight is essentially whereas a bridge is A to B, a uh, middle eight is A to A. Exactly. Yeah. So this is really that that set up and it does change like i i think the key might change but definitely they play some different chords um i don't know if i'm confident in saying that the key changed but the the chord progression seems to be different um, yeah and the yeah. the strings have taken on uh shorter notes in this section it's yeah. more driving this dun, 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 dun. um and there's an overdriven guitar Mm-hmm. That plays a bit, kind of in the background. Right, yeah, it adds a little texture. Yeah. but And it's not very long. Like I said, it's only eight bars. I counted it, yeah, and it's... I counted 16, and I realized I was counting in double time. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, before listening again this week, like I forgot about this section of the song. That's how small it is. Like, it's it's in and out. Yeah, it's not. I mean, the distinctive parts for me is, like, that riff and, like, the chorus, I guess. Which I guess yeah, the chorus and him saying fucking hi. <laughs> um, and then they go into another chorus, and then this has the alternate line. Um, mm-hmm. The final chorus, the outro chorus, if you will. Um, and it's kind of interesting in that the line is very like compressed. Like, the syllables are very fast. When I thought mm-hmm. of that, I should be with, like, he says it very quickly. So it's yeah. sort of an intensity build in that it very briefly becomes very quick. But, um, I mean, the song doesn't get very intense, so it kind of sticks with that. Yeah, and that almost serves as, like, a very quick climax. It's, well, I thought that I should be with you. And then it, it drops down, like, almost immediately after that. It's a big moment, and then we come down to the low of the piece. Where it's mm-hmm. like, and I have to face the truth. Yeah. And, uh... That's the song. Uh, it is pretty simple. Like, there's a couple, there's like maybe four or five things, and then some kind of texture things, or like two or three things, and then some texture things. Like, like there's the guitar strumming, there's the the button down guitar, and then there's the main riff, mm-hmm. and that's sort of two riffs and then strumming, and then other than that, they like throw in strings every once in a while, and the piano, yeah, and the piano's just kind of like doing chords and handling transitions and then there's the middle eight so like there's not a ton of different elements but they just kind of mix and match which happens a lot but um they keep it fairly simple in this song 
Yeah, it's everything there serves a function and doesn't really, it just does like the most functional version of that. Piano does like very easy transitions and then just chords. Like the strings just do an easy swell because that's how it just gives us that idea that this is the swelling section. Like everything is used as a tool almost, you know? It's just like there to serve a function. Yeah, and like you described it, the end is kind of like a climax and the story does have, or the song does have like a this story to it but like it still has this sort of mundane quality i think in that like it never gets like epic it's just like Mm -hmm. a thing that happened so like the music kind of goes along with that it's just playing and there's some memorable things to it but it's not like gonna blow your mind yeah it's uh it's very it's very functional if there weren't so many instruments going on you could almost call it minimalist but it's yeah but but once once you throw in a string section, you kind of can't call anything. Yeah, well, you have a whole, uh, unless you're Cage the Elephant, and then you're stripping down, baby. <laughs> yes, only Cage the Elephant can pull that off. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, but it's uh, I think like you like you said, the the elements that are there all work. Like it's like that that riff is pretty memorable. His vocals are good. We didn't really talk about them much, but I think he's got a pretty unique voice. I think he sings pretty well on this. Yeah, it's recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, let's talk about the the music video, which is very simple. Yeah, talk about it briefly. Um, mostly it is well, it's it's James Blunt undressing and then jumping into water. That's like the that's the synopsis. Uh, yeah, that's the cliff notes. Like <laughs> that um, really is it. What really happens is he takes off his jacket and then he takes off his sweater. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm so, I missed the beginning. He starts facing away from the camera. He slowly turns around. It's raining. You can see the water in the background. The focus is on Blunty. Mm-hmm. He's wet because it's wet outside. He walks towards the camera. Now he's singing at the camera as he takes his clothes off. Takes off his jacket. Takes off his hood first, takes off his jacket, takes off his sweater, takes off his shirt. Then it zooms out. You can see he's wearing pants. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Takes the stuff out, sits down cross-legged, takes his shoes off. Takes the stuff out of his pockets, lays them out nicely, gets up and then jumps into the water. Yeah, that that is the... That's what happened. Now, what's interesting about this music video, one, the simplicity of it, that it's just one simple idea executed over three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, two. This was filmed in Spain on a summer day, so they had to use a rain machine because <laughs> it was beautifully sunny out. Huh. Interesting. I'm I'm actually impressed, like, the way the lighting works. It doesn't look like it's sunny. Yeah, it looks like a shitty day. <laughs> so I don't know if you can do that digitally. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I read, though. And maybe I'm just reading some bullshit. Or maybe it's just lenses. fact. I don't understand lenses really. Listen, who knows lenses, man? Nobody. Not me. What are you? What are you? What are you making glasses? You don't need to know about lenses. <laughs> uh, directed by a guy named Brandon Smith. The shoes that James Blunt is wearing are actually Brandon Smith's shoes because James Blunt liked them. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> like I want people <laughs> I just to have think. Fun yeah, facts. Cool. And he trained with a diving instructor to do that final shot. Uh, he had to do the dive twice. And he split his lip in the process on the second one, I believe. He split mm. his lip I mean, it's on impact. A pretty, it's a good ways down. Yeah, it is a ways down. But yeah, it really is just him singing a camera. He strips down, 
lays out like his wallet and some some change maybe what does he got there he's got it looks like a small book it's yeah, kind of like a little notebook it's not like super high resolution yeah <laughs> so unless my oh yeah the highest resolution you can get on youtube is 360p so oh that's that's it's hard, hd baby. it's hard to make out what's going on exactly yeah but um yeah he lays his stuff out one it looks like a coin on one end a coin on the other end a matchbook, um, a uh, a small coiled notebook. Yeah. Perhaps some no like wallet, unless that's like... no. He's got like some crumpled up paper maybe beside the notebook or something. Yeah, it looks like just a mess of nothing. Um, I I don't see like cigarettes or anything. No. Which, I don't know if he smokes, but he's English, so I assumed he did. Oh yeah, that's part of the national healthcare <laughs> plan there. Because that's Pack apparently what I think. Because one time I heard Alice Cooper say everyone in Europe smokes. We got to trust him. <laughs> and I trust the man. <laughs> yeah, so that's the music video. Just just that. Y'all probably knew it already. It's a very, very famous music video. Yeah. And often often lampooned in the media. Do you have an example? Um, I don't just one time in when I, you know when YouTube poops were big in my life. YouTube there was what? like YouTube poops. Hmm. I, don't, I wasn't like, a part of that. They're they're like dumb videos where they'll kind of mash up sounds and shit in awful ways. I've probably seen them, but uh, I, I'm not familiar with. I've never heard the term. Yeah, I just so there's a scene in, to to know what happened in this video where it was lampooned. We're taking a little dive down memory lane. Yes, take uh, us the along. hit game King, Kingdom Hearts Two. Of course. Uh, was was also popular during the mid-2000s. Right. Also involves diving and or falling. Also, yes. And, uh, well, in this particular case, it was in the Tron world. Okay. There's, there's a cutscene in which the Tron man jumps into <laughs> some sort of Tron's Tron man. pit. The Tron's man, you know, he Tron's into a pit and somebody just cut it. So he's standing there and he goes, and I thought up that I should be with you. And then he jumps off into, <laughs> into a pit. All right. Yeah, I don't think it's That's that it, way. Alex. No, it doesn't sound like it. Why would you have? Sometimes you show me videos. Yeah, that's a good argument. Sometimes you're like, well do you made. guys remember this video? And, uh, and we're all like, no, Jake, we've never heard of that video. And then we watch it. That's, yeah, that sounds accurate. It happened, <laughs> it's happened a few times in my life. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. James Blunt. Anything else to say about this one, Alex? No. All right. I mean, we kind of touched covers. on it earlier, uh, so... Nothing, nothing additional. Yeah, to we that. we really uh really knocked it out. So let's talk a vitamin string quartet in two thousand six. We've talked about VSQ before. They they do string covers, um yeah of songs. Um, if you don't follow us, which I don't, is most people which is like most people on the planet. That's true. Um, sometimes we like them. Sometimes we don't. We're back and forth on yeah, these guys a lot. Real mixed bags. That's why I like to throw them in. Yeah. Um, this one was like uh, fine, but what's strange about this one is they like, they change up the riffs. It like there's yeah. recognizable parts to it, but there's a lot of parts that 
don't sound like you're beautiful. Like they're just playing other stuff. Yeah, some I was listening to this a couple times, and if it wasn't during like the verse or the chorus where there's a, a string playing the vocal melody, I was like, is this you're beautiful? Is this a different song they're doing? And yeah, like so their their main riff is sort of inspired by I think the guitar riff, but it's not really one to one. It's they not never do like like. Mm-hmm. Which you'd think that would be the thing you would want to do if you were covering this song, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's the distinctive riff, to me, anyway. Um, but, no. Yeah, so that aspect is missing. So a lot of this largely is just, uh, like, it's the, the vocal melody and then just kind of swelling strings around it. Or it's like, dun, 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 Yeah, dun, there's a lot dun. of, like, layers of strings, which I'm always impressed how much four string parts can do like how much space that Mm -hmm. can fill Um, yeah and they've got that but compared to some of the other ones we've talked about that either do interesting things with the song or like just sound like they're being played in a really interesting way this is pretty straightforward but also weird in like not necessarily an interesting way they're like just like play other stuff Mm -hmm. so it's like fine but not even always recognizable as the song yeah, and it's and it goes on for a while, and it doesn't do many change-ups in that time. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, I'd say this is not one of their best entries. It's, 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 like you said, it's fine, it's straightforward, recognizable enough, but nothing, nothing really interesting. Yeah. It feels like they didn't know what to do with it. They're like, we should do this. But given how how pretty minimal some of the parts are in the original song, is like, oh shit, how like what do we do? Yeah, I mean they've got a lot of material, so they can't all be winners. Um, yeah, and I I don't think the actual quartet is consistent. So it's just yeah, like, I believe ooh, it is a rotating cast book or something like that. Um, yeah, but like yeah, definitely some are more inspired than others, and this is less inspired. Yeah, for sure. With that, let's talk about the next 2006 cover, Maria Lawson. Maria Lawson. I googled Miranda Lawson just out of like, (laughs) like muscle memory. Not that I've Googled Miranda Lawson a lot, but that was just the name that popped into my head. Who is, of course, from Mass Effect 2. Ah, oh, yes. Um, yeah. Getting a, getting a remaster of those, Alex. Yeah. Excited for those. Um, I haven't decided if I, like, I've thought about it because I played, um, played them on PC. Um, mm-hmm. And my Mass Effect 3 save got deleted when I, mm-hmm. because of some, like, um ea origin save backup shenanigans it was like i had a backup save and then i had lost my local copy and then when i tried to play the game again instead of restoring the save it saved my lack of a save in the cloud so i lost my my save which is my character i brought through all the games right so yeah that blows that <laughs> so that, then i decided i didn't want to play mass effect 3 anymore and i yeah haven't. that's fair 
So will I go back? Maybe, but there's a lot of other games that I haven't played that I want to play instead. I mean, yeah, you got a you got a massive. Backlog, I've got a several man. year long backlog that I'm working through right now. But let's work about the front log here, which is yes, Maria the front Lawson. log Maria Lawson, uh, who was an X Factor finalist in 2000. Yeah. Well, this is 2000. This is, I think, what she performed. Well, she performed it on the X Factor, so in 2006. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says she finished eighth place, eighth place. Okay, in the X Factor. I think that still counts as a finalist. Yeah, I think. You but I don't right. know, Obviously like, how, I don't to... like. I it could be like quarterfinals. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many different finals. But it did right? describe something described as a finalist. I don't know exactly how it right. works. She's an English singer. Um, right off the bat, things oh, to right. know, she flips the genders in the song. There was there was drama because like <sighs> the judge had to pick between her and some other group, um, mm-hmm. or some other performer, and like the judge knew the other performer personally. Oh no! So yeah, he was accused of favoritism and called to be sacked. I don't know what mm. happened. I don't know if he, they actually got fired, but um, it's fun to say sacked because it's very British. It is very British. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I researched this week. So, as you were. Good stuff. Yeah, she flips the genders, so instead of seeing a, a, a woman on the subway, she sees a, a dude. Yep, yep. And also the angel is a dude? Yeah, that seems pretty arbitrary. That seems very arbitrary. Um, but she flips all the genders. Yeah. Um, very closely follows the composition of the original. I mean, it's it's X Factor, so they can't probably make huge changes. And it was the X Factor in two thousand six, which is like early enough in the history, I think, of um, of these talent right. shows. I got two thousand five for the X Factor oh. show. Sure. Yeah. Two oh five oh six. I have two thousand six. Uh... Um, it might have been released after. Well, yeah, her first know. album's from two thousand six. Okay, maybe um, the that's... X Factor show was in two thousand. So like she got that's what I'm reading probably from but the show. I think she and performed she this on the show album. though. Might not be this version would, exactly. Might not be this version, but yeah, she probably performed it there and then packaged it yeah. together. Because I know like nowadays it's like available on iTunes. Or when I say nowadays, like the last time I watched American Idol, which was years ago, they're like all these songs are available right now on iTunes, kind of thing, right? Right. Probably so yeah, her not top true. Nine in performance was "You're Beautiful." Um, and then in her top eight, the one she lost for, she sang Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. And this is a recording, anyway, of yes. You're Beautiful. Done at some point in time. Um, it's very similar. The guitars are a little bit, have a little bit more bite to them. Yeah. Just they, a little they've bit. Done, they've undone the top button on that button-down guitar. <laughs> yes. One, that's it. One more button. Um she it's 2006 so at the very start of the song she's singing very like showy and it feels yeah. very 2006 to me very like 2001 through I would agree 2007 with that. or something like that um, um before but that, she kind of drops it like she sings yeah. normally after that and she sounds pretty good but she's kind of oh, showing yeah, off her is my life is <laughs> yeah like there's a lot of that and it's it's not amazing but then she tones no. it down and it i think works better after those first couple lines mm-hmm. now around 25 seconds in we get a, a drum machine mm-hmm. and then that disappears for just regular drums i didn't even notice it 
Well. Yeah. I guess that's the kind of like production thing. You start at the beginning because it's a drum machine, but it's very like filtered. Mm-hmm. So you get that like sort of filtered beginning and then take it away and you're into the song, right? Right. But that's kind of interesting that you start with the drum machine to do that effect. Start with the machine and then go into the regular kit. Yeah. And then this regular kit comes in. It's more aggressive than I would expect. It's not like heavy, but it's it's making some big hits there. Yeah, this one's feels more generic to me. In its this is yeah, you hire a, a set of studio yeah. musicians to prop up an X Factor talent and knock out an album. Yeah, and they don't. It's not even. It's not like an interesting arrangement or anything. It is pretty much the original arrangement. Yeah, I guess the backup choir that comes in at the end. That of the, is the big difference. Is it's that's the choir. big difference. Also, she's flying high. It's a radio yeah, edit a version. Coward. Um, Coward. Let let Maria Lawson say fuck. Um, <laughs> yes, and then the second verse is when like the choir really. The choir. See, the thing is, on the chorus, the choir doesn't come in until like the last line. She sings mm-hmm. it like with you, like the last two words, and then they come in in the second verse, as well. Yeah. Yeah, they but do only much on more every on other second. line. Yeah, so she'll get like they'll start on the first line, then she gets her own line, then they come back again, and then they do non and on Oz. Yep. Yeah. She does some ad libs. The middle eight. And they do that like going up an octave thing after the non and section to show that we're getting more intense. Yeah, and like that's kind of it. Like she sings the the chorus and that's the end of it right yeah it really is like a classic hey i was on the x factor yeah it's like a pretty straightforward cover the really big arrangement difference is the choir mm-hmm. um it it's more of its time than the original i think like it feels yeah even though i said that that riff is distinctive and i think of that period because of the riff it's kind of the opposite with this, I think of like the song just feels like it's from the time versus the song was defined or the, the time was defined by that song. Right. You know? Yeah. I hear you. So whereas yeah. your beautiful was like the like example of that time that others followed perhaps, or at least just one of the standards. Or at least this the one just... that I know. And that might be completely wrong. But... Yeah. Whereas this one's just caught in the wake of that. It's just like, I have to be this because this exists. Yeah, and it feels like a talent show version, really. Yeah, it really does. Pretty safe. Big, big emphasis on doing as much as you can with your vocals. Yeah, and yeah, fortu- got- fortunately, though, tones that down after the beginning. Because if that had been through well, the whole thing... Well, until the end. True. But if that had been the whole thing, that would have been like a lot much. Yeah, it's yeah. The middle is she she tones out and she's like tones it down, but yeah. Other than that, it's your classic competitive singing competition. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Marcella Mangiabiera in two thousand seven. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful is true. I saw your face. Yes, uh, Marcella is Brazilian. Yes. This is like kind of a bossa nova style version. Yeah, her so that her whole project is called bossa lounge music. That's her thing, and that's what this is. 
that's what this is. And it opens up with some lazy scat, baby. Da, 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 da. Lazy scat. That's what it is. That's, that's, yeah. Hang on, I'm going to change this typo so it doesn't say that she songs the verse. Sings oh, she the fucking verse. songs She it, songs that typo. Verse. Uh, how does this go? Uh, yeah, guitar follows along with her, her vocalizations. There's another one that's just strumming. And then she goes into the verse, uh, which is like kind of the soft bossa nova style like got some strumming the singing is fairly soft um the drums are brushy there is a bass and uh yeah it's very laid back yeah it's laid back it it feels like rainy day music to me yeah kind of chill which is for a lot of bossa nova has that feeling yeah um and you know like her because her vocal performance is pretty subdued it's very chilled yeah it's it's a shame that she does flying high because this sounds like the performance of someone who might be fucking high it's true it would be nice if like because most of them like really emphasize fucking high to just like let that just kind of slide through like that was fucking high like yeah like like not emphasize it it ain't no thing just said fuck but it's like my first language is Portuguese. I don't care if I said fuck. Fuck? Who cares? Who gives a fuck? Oh, I do. Who gives a fuck? Um, fuck? Just to emphasize it. Um, yeah. In the chorus. Not a lot changes in the chorus. Um, it really has like a very even feel. Even more so than the original. Um, oh, yeah. Because it just tries to keep it, keep it low key. Keep it consistent, and it does really until like the second chorus. Um, they add some more guitar strumming, like there's a higher guitar part, and there's a few little guitar flourishes. Oh, yeah, but like that's not a whole lot, it stays down. Yeah, mostly it's just like the guitar kind of lightly playing alongside her vocals, yeah, just noodling, and then Gently. there's the very light drums and her singing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and yeah, it it goes hard on the second chorus because there's like a little more like, guitar yeah, a little bit more <laughs> But it's it's a higher frequency, which creates intensity. That's right, baby. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, she does a lot of Dawes. We got double tracked vocals on there. Yeah, but if you wanted this song to be even more chill, this, this is it. Yeah. And it's like I'm I'm into the style enough that it's got a pretty good sound to it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty harmless yeah. overall. Like it, yeah. If you don't pay attention, it'll be gone. Probably not going to reach minutes. to it unless unless I'm really looking for that very specific, like, chillness. If I'm already on a bossa nova kick, might throw this in. Yeah, throw it in the mix, maybe. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's okay. Let's talk about a, an interesting one here. The twang in 2007. The twang. You're beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And it's true. Saw your face. Country cover band. Or at least yes. this is a cover. I think they're mostly covers. Yes, so the, the twang transforms rock, pop, and disco hits into true Americana, country, and western honky-tonk or Tex-Mex songs. Founded in 1998, they are from Braunschweig, Germany. Huh. 
I read their place of origin wrong. Um, well, they're not the English oh, indie rock band. They're not the English a, indie rock band? No, they're not. So well, I looked up the wrong dig- band then. You looked up the wrong band. That's okay. I uh, just I looked at it. I, I read like, the first line of the wrong correct. Wikipedia page. Well, there you go. You had to take a little. I got it from like some like all discogs or some kind of site like that where you get like two lines. Oh. Yeah, they are a German band, which is why they're hard to find. I managed to find their webpage as well. I translated a quote here. It says, thanks to the twang, cowboys around the globe can now fall back on a new repertoire of songs around the campfire that sound like freedom and adventure and taste like beef jerky. See, now that I'm going to their page, I can see that they have several song titles that are German. Um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I happened to look so at that. that. Explains... And there was another, there's an American twang band as well, oh. but I think they're just called twang. But this is the twang, the German yeah. country cover band. So that explains their... Um... This probably the strangest thing about this song, which is their sort of, uh, I would say, what's the word? Um, surreal? Or is surreal the right word? Uncanny? Um, accents. Which mm. is like they're going for like a country twang, kind of like West, like cowboy accent, you know? Yeah. Like I guess Texan accent or whatever that would be, but there's well, like yeah, also so- a German accent layered in there, so it's like both, and it yeah. sounds very strange at times. And similar to Maria Lawson, they kind of go heavy with their vocal performance at first, and then I think reel it in a bit because he opens up, "My lap is brilliant." You're like, "Holy that's shit!" True. Yeah, it's the first couple <laughs> lines where it's most noticeable that like that you're disconnect, like, and you're like, "That's that is the twang." I hear what he's going for, but there's something else there. Like, um, but it's got a lot of other parts to it too, like a lot of other things yeah. to make it a country song. Like it's really like it's country to a fault. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of textbook country moves. Yeah. So that that's country bass is a boom the doom the boom the doom. Um the boom, tone boom, on that boom. lead guitar is very country. Um and of course his vocals are country to the max. Yep. Um so yeah, it is uh to a fault I would say in that it feels very country by numbers on the instrumental section. It's very you could take this backing track and put it to any fucking country song. It doesn't necessarily have to be you're beautiful. That's true. And and, and they've kind of changed it. Like the guitar just kind of plays licks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it really does feel like it could fit anywhere. Mm-hmm. So um that that was an odd decision. Like it like it doesn't it's not a country version of any... It's not like they, they made the original licks sound a bit more country. They just put something else in. Um, yeah. Also, so the chorus has female vocals doubling the male vocals. Um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting take. I think the chorus, I'm going to say, is actually very good on this version. <laughs> I think it's got a good country vibe. I think drawing on the idea that this is a moment for both people involved get a lady there singing too and so maybe we're getting some of her perspective there true from the other side of, true. The, of the steer and like uh, other than yeah. that it's it's quite a bit different like the the melody itself is feels more country the way they sing the words like the cadence yeah um feels more traditional country so they've really got the feeling down like yeah they definitely have that feeling down i think 
like you said, they could maybe pull a little more inspiration from the original in terms of what they're playing mm-hmm. on the instruments because they've mastered it being country. They've got the country down. I need the "You're Beautiful" element in there. Yes, that's what they're missing. The other weird that's what they're missing. <laughs> the weird thing. So into the second verse, they say, "I was countrified." Is that what they say? Yes. Yeah. Which is Instead like an of in joke to what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of like the image though that she looks at him and he's just like he's just, wearing a cowboy hat and she's like, oh fuck, it's one of these guys. And like a bandana. <laughs> yeah. Jeans with a big belt buckle. He's got the fucking chaps shirt. on. Like. Chaps. <laughs> just like and suddenly. It's still, but still like the London Underground. <laughs> the London Underground. Uh yes, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, I like that better than flying high. I I would prefer that they just said fucking high though. To be fair, yeah, so like with their accents, that'd been great. Um, would have been awesome. They don't really do. I guess, I mean it's still a middle eight section, I guess, because they like do the chorus and then just do like a guitar solo. So it's really just like it's a guitar solo. I don't know if that counts as a middle eight because I don't know that much about it. I just learned about it this week. Um, but it's definitely an interlude and a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Between the um yeah one thing i want to jump back to on the chorus sure. i forgot to mention is they do a, a little uh heartbeat break on the drums between oh. uh the uh, for the final two lines so if you go to like one go to about a one minute mark and you'll you'll see the lead up into it well they cut down and then they just go on the bass bum, bum, bum. yeah dumb dumb yeah and then that's for their that line there yeah, and that's uh, I thought that was a pretty good way to to break that up. It's yeah. similar to the the end of the original where he goes up and then it it goes right back down again on that final outro chorus. Yeah. And again, just like feels like the country thing to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like this one is textbook country that maybe forgot to be also a cover. But like it's to do a bad job. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I think the chorus is yeah. a very good countryfied version of the original song. Um, I think they obviously had some fun with it, changing some lyrics around. And uh, from the ones we've talked about so far, I think this might be, just based on them being a German country band, might be the most interesting. Yeah, it doesn't have a whole lot to go up against in the first couple covers, though, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, taking it forward here, yeah. it's, it's got pop, pop punk to go up against, baby. It certainly uh, does. It certainly does. We're talking Saw Loser Saw in 2008. This is a Singapore-based band, but none of their members are actually from Singapore. They're yeah. so the the vocalist and the drummer are Australian. Uh, the guitarist is Japanese, and I've forgotten what the two uh, the Australian members. Are. Yeah, and two Australian being the 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 vocalist yeah. and the drummer. And uh, I looked this up. And oh, the the United know. States, Jimmy Tuppen on bass. The United States. The United. What's interesting to me is Sam Cooper is the vocals in Australia, and the drummer from Australia is Matt Copper. Those are that's just about the same name. Wait, what was what were the names? Sam Cooper and Matt Copper. Hmm, a Cooper and a Copper, huh? Yeah. And then, of course, we have Masashi Kimura on guitar from Japan. 
they're all based in Singapore for some reason. Um, apparently they're very big in Japan. They're uh, a pop punk band. Um, and this is and they sound version. like it. They sound they like a sound pop like punk it. band. Yeah, so they come in with that riff. Yeah, but like it's on a distorted guitar and fast. Yeah, they come and rip yeah. with energy. And like fast pop punk drums. Yeah, <laughs> drums are going heavy. We got that heavy distorted uh, main riff going mm-hmm. off. And then just some driving distortion guitar. Doing, and then yeah, that breaks into the to the verse, where it sort of goes to like ambient guitar that I'll just kind of noodle around the sides, um, really heavy on the bass drum. As we let the the dude sing the verse, yes, very fast. Um, and then yeah, mostly cymbals and then that texture, like you said. Yeah, and. And then the the chorus is really the intro, but with him singing the chorus. Yes, it's like the start without the riff, basically. Yeah. Um, and then they do this thing that we're gonna see a couple times. Um, they say, "I saw your face in a band." Yeah, with the that thing, and then when they say "crowded place," which it happens in the original, "crowded place" with like the chords behind it. Right. But like it's just on that guitar. That and then speed up again. <laughs> kind of slows down for that one part and then back into what it That's right. Before. Yeah, it does that slow down and then picks right back up. And then, yeah, come back into that intro riff between the verses. Um, verse two, because the first verse was like very much. What was it even? It was like down low, you know. Yeah, it was just like the drums. Mostly. So like, yeah, the drums are muted a bit. Um, but now they come the into the second verse. Guitars just kind verse. of doing things around. Yeah, second verse is much, much heavier. Much heavier. The drums are more focused on like the toms instead of before. They were way more focused on the cymbals. Um, yeah. Still, that long sustains on the guitar. Uh, and of course, not only do they say fuck. They really emphasize it by, like, they pause first, and the drums change up a bit. Really emphasize. Yeah, they punctuate it with the drums. It goes, fucking high. <laughs> I like their delivery of it. I thought it was pretty it's fun. It's very, like, pop punk. Yeah. Um, and they do, this happened the first time, too. There's, like, a moment of silence when they get into the chorus. Just break, yeah. breaks briefly. Um, I think it's... Yeah, I think these parts are kind of the same. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty... It's, it's that like punk style. You're there for the energy, not for the, the intricacies. Yeah. Although they do like to like switch things up in ways where it'd be like, we do a different rhythm here. Why? Yeah, mm-hmm. we, oh, we yeah, like do. they'll just let the drum rip for like yeah. a second at the chorus. You're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. But yeah, it's not <laughs> meant to be like, we've added a new layer. Yeah, so it makes you feel beautiful. Right. Um... Uh, we come to that middle eight, they do that, and it's got this sort of distorted piano note noise. Yeah, like just one note. Mm-hmm. Just like chiming, not a chime, but playing slowly throughout. Yeah, um, and then it, this leads us into a breakdown. It does actually imitate part of the string part. Yeah? Um, not the whole thing, but some of but it. But a bit of it. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, so I, I, guess, I think it yeah. grows out of that string part. That makes sense. Uh, and then another chorus, but this one we do a breakdown thing 
We cut down. Yeah. So it's it's really sticky sounding drums, very gentle distortion on the guitar. Sticky sticky drums. Sticky drums, and he's doing as in drumsticks, not as in it sticks to things. Yeah, it's like, oh it's stuck. Oh shit, I can't get my my drumstick. This is so mm-hmm. sticky. And they do have that piano transition, that doom doom doom, just done on a guitar this time. Yeah. And then we get the last lines, and he gets very distorted on the vocals, like he's through a microphone of some kind or something, like a really shitty one. Oh, I didn't really notice that. I'm listening for it. Oh, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, it just, like, filters out. It's, like, like AM microphone thing going on. Yeah, and it's a, just a, a muted guitar. Yeah, because it does the big drop down, and then they get really intense to do the intro section again, and, like, that's it. Yeah, big crashes from the drums. Yes. Got a crash on the and drums. Yes just kind of rip out on a high note and they do a, an organic fade out. They let a note just ring out at the end. That's it, man. That's it, man. That's this one. I, uh, I, given the song itself, that it is one mundane, two features a narrator <laughs> who's high. Like, it's such an easy fit for pop punk. To wit. To wit. <laughs> Uh, the next future cover, idiots. which is also a pop punk cover. That's right, Future Idiots in 2010. This is a Swedish pop punk band. We've talked about them before on our Breakfast at Tiffany's episode. Mm-hmm. That that was from their second Grand Theft Audio album. This is from the first one. And this is actually quite similar to the last one. Very similar. Uh, they tick a lot of the same boxes. Yeah. So I, I guess it's just kind of like the natural way to pop punk cover this song. Yeah, it's very, uh, I guess, it, like it's textbook. It's textbook pop punk. Yeah. Um, th- I mean, obviously, the sounds are a little bit different kind of similar i think this one the sound the like tones are like a little more biting like i said about the maria lawson version uh yeah. but of course both of these are way more biting than than that one uh yeah uh the bass is more audible in the in the verse that's true like that's the other big difference is like the levels between the yeah. instruments um a lot more noticeable bass and i think maybe this one just has more of that compression yeah uh, but i didn't listen for that, so I can't say that for certain. <laughs> yeah, and they do they do the same thing on Crowded Place. They do. Boom, um, boom, boom. Um, this one has in the chorus some like harmonies, but the the harmonies are turned way down, so like they're there, but you can't hear them very well. So yeah, they're not easily yeah. heard. Um. Uh, the bridge is the intro, so from the chorus to the second verse, it's just the intro riff again. Yeah, which similar to similar to Saw Loser. Um, verse 2, oh, they say fuck. Yeah, they, they do. Fuck. And we expected them to. Yeah, so they start with a sort of breakdown on the second verse. So it's just drums and him singing. Oh, that's right, yeah. With, again, more Tom focus on the drums. So it's like the yeah. same as the last one, or very similar to the last one. Yeah, and then he says fucking high, and then the guitar starts fucking ripping in high. with some rhythm. That's how they say it, because they're pop punk bands. Yeah. Say 
fucking high. Uh, but fucking although high. both these pop punk bands are not like American. Yeah, these guys are Swedish. The other guys are international, international basically. Um, although they've got the one. But yeah, the singer is not American, even though they yeah, have yeah, American. Yeah, he's Australian. Um, yeah, another chorus there. And then. Is there anything? I didn't really notice any difference in the second chorus. Um, no, yeah, nothing there. We get the big crash instrumental section after the second chorus. After the, yeah, just... uh, middle eight's there. They don't do the humming. It's just like chords and some cymbals on the drums. Yeah. Second chorus breakdown. Yep. Again, similar to Saw Loser. Yeah, a lot of the same moves here. Um, they run out of lines 45 seconds before their version ends. Yeah, I think... It's kind of similar, again, to Saw Loser. Yeah, but uh, this one is longer. That's right. I think they just play the riff, right? So the... Yeah. Oh, they do... I believe that's it. Do they do another chorus? They do another chorus, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... Because they do yeah, a breakdown chorus, and then they do like they a full chorus. They jump into chorus. another chorus. Yeah. My notes are a bit vague at this point, but they do another chorus. Well, That's uh, why it's long. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's just back-to-back with very similar pop-punk pieces. Um, yeah, and then it, it does, you know, it does that chorus again, and then it fades out, similar to Saw Loser. They're both very close. Yeah. Uh, Alex, in your opinion, who who does it better? I don't know. I couldn't. I didn't really pick a a favorite out of these two. Fair enough. Because like uh, they're both very similar. Um, I like gun to my head. Maybe future idiots only because I I tend to prefer songs that are mixed a little bit where you can hear all the instruments. And this one you can hear the bass a little better. But like mm, honestly, that's that's just me. Not me, like, listening to them critically and trying to compare them. That's just me thinking about things I wrote down. So Fair enough. I'd give it to Saw Loser, yeah. I think. I like their delivery of fucking high better. Um, I You can actually hear the bass on that one. It is much quieter than on Future Idiots. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's tighter, too. It's I mean, it's we're talking 18 seconds. True, they don't they, throw in that extra chorus, which is not totally necessary. And it's, like, it's after the altered chorus. Which is mm-hmm. kind of very final ending, and they just continue going, which is mm, yeah. maybe not the best thing, but yeah. Well, there you go. With that, with that, let's talk about Atelier Bossa Conscious. Yeah. 2012. Atelier. It's French word. Yes. It means a workshop. You. Is that what it means? Workshop? Yeah, pod, like the implication being of like an artist. Ah, I see. So there's video games with that in the title, like very Japanese games. So I feel like this is a French word that has invaded like there. the Japanese consciousness. It's just like, I don't know if it's a full loan word, but it seems to be known in Japan. Right. It's certainly used there. Atelier. Um... Atelier Bossa Conscious. So also Bossa. Yeah. Uh, Bossa Nova inspired. And what it seems to be, I couldn't find a lot of info on them. I couldn't find anything. Um, by which I mean I couldn't find any info on them. 
but they seem to be a they seem to make fast electronic bossa nova inspired music yeah so you get like bossa like rhythm and guitar sounds on here but it's very fast not smythe synth sorry um yes it's a very fast version like it comes in with this synth sweep and there's this like really fast pick but it's got that like soft bossa nova feeling to it guitar yeah um and then this like repetitive chime sound and yeah, then that's your percussion yeah. in there and then the drums they're like bossa drums but sped up yeah and like pretty much like it's a it's it's a like a beat track basically in that it like just keeps that and does the song yeah over. and then yeah every time you transition to a different part there's that sparkle transition <laughs> yeah which has the happens at the beginning yeah um uh and oh they, also they come right in with the vocals it's my love is brilliant very high pitch. yeah it's like high, high pitched high talking yeah on it. it does have quite hey, a bit of echo they do the false start they do do the false start um and she says fucking and they high. say fuck it's but they it almost sounds like they kind of pull it mm, yeah they pull, the they pull the punch on it for sure um but they say fuck they do say fuck. I'm fucking hi. Um, what else does this have going for it? Uh, in the chorus, they add like a high guitar, which might be ukulele. Um, yeah, that could wear very well be. Just playing chords. Ding, bling, ding, bling. Ding, 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 um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. One thing I notice uh, yeah. is the middle eight section feels the most different on this one yeah i don't know why i don't know if they i don't think they changed it more but but to me it feels like the the chord change is more noticeable in this version i i don't know why maybe because the whole thing is so consistent throughout that there's like hardly any changes and then suddenly when it changes a bit it's more noticeable or something yeah because this is very even throughout and fast yeah like they cook through it. It's just over two minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, but they cover everything. Yeah, and as we get towards the end there, um, the guitar gets to groove a little bit more than it does throughout the rest, like True. around one forty ish. And it sort of plays um, like yeah. bah, 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 like uh, sort of inspired by the riff. Yeah, you loosely around it. Yeah, and like yeah, that's. That's this one. Yeah, it's and then we quick. end on an, another one of those little sparkly fades. <laughs> we do. We do. The like, or that's the chimes, because there's kind of chimes and there's also the like, Shh. so I think it does yeah, both, right. but it's there's, just the like, Shh, it does and both. then the chimes. Yeah, and that is this very quick, very strange version. Yeah. Also, the album artwork on this one, the like zoomed out thumbnail version, it's like her face, which is very light. And then her hair, which is brown. And then the writing, which is pink. So it's very, like, Neapolitan looking. Oh, also, she's holding a teacup, which is, like, white. So (laughs) looks like Neapolitan ice cream. That's just something I wanted to mention. Wow. Because it's important. The album is called Cafe Bosa. Besto Hitsu. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, the title is also um, Japanese characters. So, yeah, let's see. Katakana. It's Katakana. All right. Yes. 
At least most of it. There is some uh, oh. in the later bits. There, there's a little bit of hiragana. Hiragana, well. and yeah, I that that would be wild to have several writing systems that you would combine. I know, right? Fuck that. I mean, I know you learn it. Although supposedly, I remember hearing like young Japanese people are not learning kanji very well because it's like mm. really hard. Yeah, um, I haven't even touched much of that yet. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is uh, I'll read like trivia about. Well, I mean, what I remember is Phoenix Wright character names, where it's like, this character's name in Japan is like, it means this, but also if you separate the syllables, it means this, and it's a pun. Because, uh, like, this can mean this or this, but also, and it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of layers oh, yeah. there. There's a lot. Yeah, if you use different uh, characters to spell the word, it can be a different thing. It's, oh, that's yeah, right. their pun system is, like, yeah, next like, level. You can spell this word this way or this way, and in this way, it's a pun, but in this way, yeah. Yeah, Whoa. it's it's very. Sometimes I'm like, as I'm like studying Japanese through Duolingo, and then sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe I'm getting the hang of this. And I'm like, <laughs> no, not at all. Like, there is so much. <sighs> languages are tough, man. Languages are tough, but you know what's not tough? Uh, reviewing Marty Murray nope. in 2014. This won't be tough. You're beautiful. But this is weird. This is weird. The version is not weird. The version's mm-hmm. kind of boring, honestly. Super boring. But yes, Marty Murray is just a guy who plays acoustic guitar covers, as far as I can tell. Yes. But for some reason, and the release dates on his albums are like decades past. Like, there's no way it's accurate, right? Like, mm-hmm. this album, if you look at the release date in Spotify, it's 1970, This, which didn't come out in 1970. <laughs> and, like, his earliest album is, like, 1964 or something like that, which also, obviously not true. Obviously not true. Especially if you look at, like, one, his style, two, or 1961, his style, his his images on the albums, his... Like, the songs he covers were not out in 1961. So that's impossible. Yeah. So it's amazing that he actually wrote all these songs. Um, oh, yeah, it's crazy that this is actually a Marty Murray original from 1970. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, and also, um, he has several albums, at least two that I'm seeing here, just called Truck Driving Man. <laughs> Anyway, is that a is that a famous song, Truck Driving Man? I I don't know. Um, but it, it, all these seem to be covers, so it must Buck be Owens, right. It's a country song, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, he has so several the- albums called Truck Driving Man. Um, he has several albums that released in the '60s, allegedly. This one allegedly, really, yeah. It's it's weird. It's not that weird because he is. probably like obviously there's a way to put things on Spotify and be like, yeah, it came out this year because like. You can't release something on Spotify in 1970. It didn't exist. But he clearly, like, did that. I don't know. Just fucking around? Maybe? I don't know what's going on. It's weird. It is confusing. And if you, if you look up in Spotify, like, Marty Murray, You're Beautiful, he has four different <laughs> ones that come up. And if you click on that one with the sunset, it's, it's the same, but it's just, like, much shittier recording quality. Oh, really? They're actually slightly yeah. different? Yeah. Huh. 
Weird. But yeah, so Marty Murray, he's just like, he likes to play guitar and, yeah, and sing. He's got a lot of covers. Um, this is a solo acoustic guitar version. Uh, I didn't think it was very interesting. No, he does the button-down guitar part. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I can hear a little percussive noise at some point. He's got a bit of echo on his voice, which might just be due to his recording studio space. It's very even throughout. Yeah. Uh, I think his voice is fine. Yeah, it's like kind of vaguely rough and reasonably suited to like rock and roll music. Yeah, if I was at, um, imagine this, a bar or something. Yeah, like if I saw this in a small uh, cafe, I'd be like, yeah, he's a pretty good job. Yeah, like but that like, guy's got a good voice. He's not going to be like, something he loves. follow that guy around on tour or anything. No, and I'm not going to pick up his CDs that he's selling after the show. No. No, my parents but, uh, might. But they like to it. do that kind of stuff. They like to do that thing? Yeah, yeah good on them. Not for me. Um, he says, we shared a moment that will never end. Does he... Similar, but different. <laughs> yeah, he also doesn't say fuck, so... What does he know? Yeah. That's always a mark against a cover version if it doesn't say fuck. It doesn't even matter the song to me, personally. Like, what, are you trying to make it marketable? It's like... (laughs) It's just a random... It's just a random guy doing a cover version. Yeah, come on. It doesn't need to be radio-friendly. It's not going to be played on the radio. You're not going to get it played on the radio. You're going to play it on Spotify by two goons from Canada. Yeah, and we're just going to make fun of you. (laughs) We're shitty. We're shitty. Nah, I mean, Marty Murray... I'd probably be excited to see you in person. Be like, oh, I know that guy from the internet. <laughs> Marty from the internet. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, you know. Hey, and we're on the list of uh, playlists he's been discovered on. Ooh. Doesn't that mean it's that... Right on. Isn't that personal, though? I don't know. I don't think it is. Because sometimes... If That's I find true, because artists... it's like... Because, yeah, obviously I didn't discover it on... Balladas on English de los 70s, 80s. Yeah, I, I didn't like, see that one. Or Beatles Unplugged featuring Ma something. Maroon 5. Or Maroon 5. Oasis, Bono, Airsplay, Elton John. Oh, that actually is less. Hang on. John Denver, Rankin, Lukather, Cash. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah Marty not Murray. Not that, obviously. Straightforward cover. Yeah, he's fine. He's a good guy. I like him. Decent Let's version about... for, like, a cafe. Not that exciting yeah. to listen to on Spotify. No. Tom Dice, 2018, Alex. Uh, a Belgian singer-songwriter. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. Yeah, she caught my eye as we walked on by. She could see from my face that I was flying high. Yes. Runner-up in the Flemish version of The X Factor yes. in 2008. Also an X-Factor contestant. Now, this version does not sound like your classic X-Factor version. No, this is... He was an X-Factor uh, contestant, like, way back. Like, mm-hmm. in 2008, and this came out, like, 10 years later. Yeah. So this is re- f- pretty far removed. He was, like, did his own thing afterwards. He's, like, he was an yeah. established artist by the time he did this. He kind of did a circuit of these, like, singing competitions there. I think there were a couple of other ones in his area that he was on i don't think he won any but then yeah he was on eurovision so he just kind of did some talent contests for a bit and then i think snowballed that into a a regular career yeah this is not only does this not sound like a 
a talent show version. It doesn't sound like any other version on this list. No. This is by far the biggest departure of any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much like a blues rock version. Yeah, there's a bit of like with those opening vocals, those oh 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 oh, that feels very T Rex to me. T Rex, yeah, I was trying to think of like what that made me think of, but that it probably something by way of T Rex. But I'm trying to think of like there's something it reminds me of, but I can't think of what it mm. is. But I agree, that is, that is, that's got some T Rex to it. Yeah. So yeah, it's got this blues rock attitude. We get a one, two, three, four count in. And then, boom, drums and guitar, everything's in there right off the bat. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's got those vocalizations. Um, it's And they kind of swing the drums. It's got a lot more, like, swagger to it. Yeah. Um, and confidence. Uh, so when he's singing, well, for one, it's got that, like, harmonica mic kind of sound. So there's, like, some clipping on there, and it's kind of that lo-fi thing. Uh, but he also repeats some lines, like the last line, for example. Right. He's like, like he's, he says, because I've got a plan twice, right? Am I, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, he says, because then he says, I won't lose no sleep, honey. Because I got a plan. Oh, yeah, he, both of them. The last two lines. Yeah. I won't lose no sleep on that, honey. Because I've got a plan, like. Yeah, and then he says, listen. And since he's, He's doing the same sort of singing style throughout. We rip through the chorus. Yeah, well, he, you're beautiful. he, doesn't, he only Boom. sings the first, the you're beautiful lines. He doesn't sing the second half of the chorus when he does the chorus. Right. Sings, you're beautiful. And then like the guitar riff, you're beautiful. That kind of like call and response back and forth between the vocals and the guitar. Yeah, very blues rock. And then right into the next verse. Yeah. Um, which actually, well, I should mention for the chorus, the drums cut out. Is that true? Am I crazy? Um, well, no, they kind of cut, but like, like the the regular drums. It's they're punctuating yeah. with the they play uh, with the, the guitar. guitar. Um, but then they come back in for the yeah. next verse, obviously. He says flying high, despite the fact that fucking high would be again much better in this context of his like and every version. And every version, every yeah. version should say fucking high. Yeah, yep. Yeah. He he is a coward, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Despite his confidence and swagger, but mm-hmm. that kind of works in because, like, the song itself kind of has that aspect. It kind of tells the story of him feeling confident at first, and like, then failing, and then questioning right. himself. Um, but that comes in in a bit. So he sings that verse and then another chorus, similar to the previous. Um, yeah. And then has like a yeah shout into a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Does some like distorted guitar blues soloing. Yeah. Uh, with another distorted guitar underneath. And then this part, what we've called the middle eight, I believe is actually a bridge now. Because yes. it's going from a solo back into the chorus. So now it becomes a bridge, but he also throws in the second half of that chorus. The sigh yeah. face in a crowded place or whatever. Uh, he's also yeah, he's, he's like really letting it rip. This one, yeah. Compared to the other ones, up until now it's felt very like like the way he's singing is more laid back. It's kind of like more into his kind of like natural register. Right. Um and he's just singing like the way I'm singing, you're beautiful is like not that 
far off in terms of energy. Um, yeah. Other than the performative uh, aspect. But now he sings it up higher, which I think kind of feels a little more desperate than the like effortless swagger of the previous parts. Right. So this is him like kind of losing his confidence. Yeah, he's trying to scream at them like, hey, pay attention to me. I'm saying you're beautiful. Or something. Something. And then that is the bridge into the back into the chorus. Yeah. Um, and this one, this chorus has the, it's the outro chorus. Yeah. He, he's, he's basically screaming. He's like, it's time to face the truth. I'll never be with you. Yeah. And then they go do your beautiful a couple more times and then boom, done. Yeah. The other thing they do on this chorus is like the drums get turned up. The drums get turned up. The drums get fucking turned. And they play, they're playing all around. So drums are pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, this is his like facing reality. And then he sings some more You're yeah. Beautiful. So, uh, I mean, it was the really the only version that did anything significantly different. Or maybe that's not true. It was the one that probably changed it the most. And sort of even adapted the narrative into something a little different. Yeah. Cut out parts and then put them back in later to, to change Which, it up. you know how much I love structure. it when they do that in cover songs. Oh, you, you love it. Like, You're horny you for the song. You restructured the song tell, a little Alex. bit? What? Mm. Yeah, I liked mm. this version. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. And, you know, sometimes the last one we finish on, particularly when it's an X-Factor runner-up, can be a real piece of shit. Yeah, it can be very depressing. Yeah. With that, we're going to get into our final verdicts. We've got four categories today. We have the worst version, the best version, the, the most romantic version, and the creepiest version. The creepiest version. Playing that idea of whether this is a romance song or whether this person should be in jail. Alex, what is the worst version of this song? The worst version of this song. Hmm. I can tell you want to give it to Marty Murray, but you feel bad about it. Yeah. But you know what? I also didn't think that Vitamin String Quartet did a very good version. I think I'll give yeah, it to I them. Yeah, I know they can do better. Like, yeah. yeah, they've done better, and this is just kind of a nothing version. Mm-hmm. By their I think their tone was good. I thought they had a good string tone. They, they needed to have better arrangement yeah. on their man. But like this, the tone of Marty Murray's version is not my problem with that one either. Mm-hmm. So. But I have no doubt that Marty Murray's doing the best he can do. True. Or this is the best Marty Murray song I've ever listened to, honestly. That's that's true. That 100%. is true and fair. And Not so yeah, with that, I, I gotta agree. I think Vitamin String Quartet, because they let us down. Like they have to take this L today. Yeah. Sorry, VSP. As the kids say. Um, Alex, best version of this, and I already best know the answer to this. It's Tom <laughs> Dice. Tom Dice? Yeah, it's Tom Dice. <laughs> it's Tom Dice, baby. Um, um I also like yeah. Atelier Bossa. Last word, I forget. Boss of conscious. Conscious. Um, just because it was like a little different and kind of a an odd little kind of more Definitely an oddball. Version. Um, but yeah, the Tom Dice one just did the blues rock thing and was very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I, for me, it's got to be Saw Loser. I, I think one of the pop punk genre fits well. Uh, two, I think they did just nose out uh, Future Idiots on their version. And I I think they also have a... Not only is it pop punk, but this sounds like mid-2000s pop punk. 
So it has the air oh, of being an alternate I reality see. version of the James oh, Blunt song. song. It came out at the same time, but at the same time, time. but in a, in a, in a yeah, different genre. Yeah, it's a pop punk voice. Yeah. Same, <laughs> same time. time. <laughs> so I liked it. I thought it was very cool. And maybe it's just because it was the one that I heard before Future Idiots, but I I thought it had a good sound to it. Yeah. I also agree. Tom Dice is a great version, and I think the Atelier Boss of Conscious is definitely a, a fun oddity, and yeah, I am curious about this entity and what they really are. What is Atelier Boss of Conscious? We'll never um, know. And also it's fun because I, I got to read, I could actually read the title in <laughs> Japanese, which made me feel good. Is it like distinctly You're Beautiful? Yes, it is. So okay. uh, the those first two characters there are you and ah. So it's you ah, and then the next one is there is boo, and then that lower one is a you. But when you're when it's smaller like that, it affects the one before it. So it's bu uh, instead of bu. So it's bu and then te e, and then furu. Okay, so, so it is it is like an actual like. Yeah, it's like a one to one phonetic. Just translation yeah and that seems to be a large part of what katakana characters do hmm. is for taking words from Ooh. other languages and just making them into japanese cool like phonetically yeah cool. at least that's what i've noticed so far i'm really not an expert uh but <laughs> yeah another good version alex what's the most romantic version of this what is the most romantic version of this uh, who really turned on the romance probably the the uh Basa one, Marcella Mangibera. Oh yeah. Um, it was like the most chill, laid back one, and I and mm -hmm. I feel like cozy, you know, like like you could play it in a small space with two people, and it would it would fit in. Right. It wouldn't it wouldn't try to invade the space. It would just fill the empty space. That's a good answer, Alex. I'm gonna give it to the twang. The twang. So they got they got they got the lady singing on the chorus too. Oh, so that's romance, baby. That is romance. That's all I've got for that one. Alex, what is the creepiest version of this? Creepiest version? Hmm. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give that one to Atelier Basa Conscious. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Because um, it, it feels more mechanical than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Possibly just because of like the language barrier thing going on, but it definitely is like the other ones aren't really electronic like this one is. Yeah, and just yeah, something about the singing on that one is yeah. like mechanical and of, sped yeah, like up. It's all just like a step away from being human. It is like the the corruption of the Marcella version almost because it's also bossa. True, true. Which one did I say was uncanny? Um, I definitely described one of them as uncanny, but now I can't remember why I said that. Well, I oh, I uh, know it's because of the the country accents. All right, that's not creepy. That's right. That's not relevant. Oh well, irrelevant. Those are our final verdicts. If you've got a different opinion, a similar opinion, or you want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise guy, and we'll be like, hey, right on. Thanks for sharing this with us. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail dot com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns suggestions for future episodes suggestions for future themed months you know whatever tickles your fancy yeah and if you'd be so kind as to rate and review us we're on apple Podcasts, which is primarily who gathers reviews we're also on stitcher we're on spotify we're on google podcasts we're on uh, 
that that's the podcast app for dolphins of course um so if you're on there <laughs> yeah we record sure a separate us. dolphin language version after yeah this. <laughs> we've got a dolphin translator uh, a couple of hey. dolphin voice actors we hire they they do the whole thing <laughs> so hit us up on there and you know tell your friends about us follow us all that good stuff we're gonna jump to a quick bonus segment alex we talked about uh you're beautiful being quote unquote the worst song of all time Ooh. if if anything were to even come close to being one of the worst songs in any era do you wh- what what would you put in, in sort of the lower echelon of songs that you've listened uh, to in your life that's tough and the reason it's tough is because i have been i have been trying to be positive one i've been trying to be positive okay, but yeah, two yeah. because i kind of avoided a lot of music in my young younger years younger younger years mm-hmm. sometimes i find it difficult i feel weird about judging things because for so long i judge things arbitrarily right and i feel like i really try to like justify things now let's let's change this up here's the segment alex i'm going to tell you off of wikipedia the list of songs that are considered the worst in the world or have received that title at given times in their life right and and you'll tell me whether you agree or disagree. Okay. Um. Let's. I mean, there can only be one worst song of all time. But if if you basically if you agree that they deserve derision. Derision. Okay. Um. Do you know the song "You're Having My Baby" by Paul Anka? No, I don't. Okay. Well, that one's apparently Sounds one of the worst. Ebony and movies. Ivory, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Uh, it's cheesy, but it's fine. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, "True" by Spando Ballet. I don't know that song. You know that song. Okay, let me listen to it. Oh, that song fucking rules. Yeah, I fucking love that song. <laughs> also a bit ridiculous, but like, worst song ever? Come on. Worst song? Like, come on. Uh, Susudio by Phil Collins. That song also fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of these are just popular songs that maybe don't have the most, like, lyrical depth or something. Yeah, or just actually, they were played too much. Susudio, it's like accused of ripping off 1999 or something okay so maybe there's that but maybe um how about this we built this city um uh, yeah i don't have much of a connection with that song it's it's not amazing uh, yeah i I listen to a lot ironically yeah, but it's it's like know the it, lyrics it's, really well. yeah more of like fun in an 80s way Mm-hmm. so those are your like 80s worst ones in the 1990s and 2010s we have ice ice baby by vanilla ice um yeah i i won't claim to love that song but it's got a really it's got a really good bass line I mean, yeah, it's, it's built on a solid backbone. Yeah, it's so, and it's like, that. it's fun to sing along with in the same way that it's fun to sing along with, like, the ninja rap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of that, like, 90s clean hip-hop thing that's that's very passe now. It's oh, and yeah. very, like, unthreatening, so you can sing along with it, and it's fun, but, yeah. Yeah, and you always have to really emphasize the rhymes, like, yo, it's the Turtles in green! <laughs> Gonna rock the town without being being seen. seen. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen a turtle? Get down! (laughs) Oh, that's Ice Ice Baby. Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, that's a pretty annoying song, I'll I'll admit. Um, But I don't really like country, and we had to listen to that a lot when we learned line dancing in school. So, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Now, this one is crazy to me. Like some, like some of these are like, fine, all right, you don't like really poppy music. What's up, Four Non Blondes? I think, so... What I've heard about that song, and I think it's fine. 
uh, for the record. But what I've heard about that song is it's completely meaningless. Like, it sounds like this punk anthem, but if, like, it's actually, like, there's nothing to it. But, oh, right, because 25 years and my life is still. Yeah, it's very, like, club, 90s great big hill. So I think it's more yeah. like that. It's it's people who are like, remember what we were like in the 90s? Ugh. And, like, cringing Ugh. at their own past. But, like, the song itself is fine. Yeah, it's a fine song. Okay, here's one. Barbie Girl by Aqua. Uh, yeah, that's kind of annoying. Uh, that's that's a more annoying song. I, I think it's just a novelty song. Yeah, but it's a novelty right? song. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Like, it comes on at, like, whatever wedding or something. And you just, like, someone sings along. And then you go, come on, Barbie, let's go party. Ah, ah. Like, ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's novel. It's... <laughs> It is it is a novelty. How about Who Let the Dogs Out by Baja Men? Why would, like, that's not, like, it's not amazing, but, like, it's fine. Yeah. And, like, it's like, fine. It probably doesn't deserve all the airplay it got. But, yeah, like... but it doesn't deserve worst ever. It's, like, and it's also fun. It's another one that's, like, fun to sing along to, right? Oh, yeah. Who let the dogs Easy to out. sing along to. You get to, you get to make <laughs> dog <laughs> noises. Yeah, it, you get that, like, who, but it's also kind of a dog bark. Yeah. Like, that's am, that's amusing. That's amusing. Um, of course, moving into 2005, we have You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Um, Shortly after that, we have My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. (laughs) Um, I remember that song being big. Um... I don't know. I, I don't feel strongly enough about this song to call it the worst ever. I, I, it's, it's a very bad song, I, but I also Man, quote it on a regular basis. Yeah, it's, it's a music. It gave us, like... Just talking about my humps, and she says my lovely lady lumps, and talks about like the the phrases from it were my first introduction to a lot of those phrases. So like yeah. it's kind of formative for me, I guess. Oh yeah, it's it's comically bad, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I there's still some joy in that. I, I would find. <laughs> yeah, see, it's hard um, not to find a reason for these things to exist, you know. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> you let's see if you can it. find a reason for Rockstar by Nickelback to exist. Um. I remember singing it. It's it's a ridiculous, like anthemic song, that's fairly easy to sing along to. And I remember hearing on the radio a lot. The chorus, I think. We all just wanna be big, like it's like a little bit country, and it's like a little bit. It it I think has very broad appeal, and yeah, is ridiculous, but. And I'm not a Nickelback fan, but they probably also got um, a bit of a raw deal later on. Yeah. Being called, like, the worst band in the world. Like, they're fine. They're fine. I'm not just saying that because they're, like, from Alberta, but... Right. They are. I mean... I'm, you're not going to catch me listening to Nickelback, but at no. the same time... Eh, I'm not going to catch me listening to fine. Paul Brandt either, but yeah, also exactly. from Alberta. How's about Baby by Justin Bieber? Um... Baby, I don't really know that song very well. Like, I avoided that one pretty good. Oh yeah, me really, too. Really How about, about "Miracles" it. by Insane Clown Posse? Is that the one about the magnets? I will read you the line: "Fucking magnets, how do they work?" I mean, and I don't want to talk to a scientist. Y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. Yeah, I don't like the anti-intellectualism thing. Uh, but it gave us the line: "Fucking magnets, how do they work?" So I think it's worth <laughs> it in the end. Yeah, I think that's gold right there. How about Friday by Rebecca Black? Again, I I mean, go easy on her. Like, yeah, she was a child who was taken advantage of by this Patrice Wilson character. Yeah, it was. 
it's not a good song, but like it's it was such an amusing like meme thing for a while. Yeah, it, again, it, it made so much like comedy happen and so much joy in the world. How can you say like ah? Yeah. This is this is the worst song ever. Um, that's our list. If you guys want to share your, I can't believe that's the, the end of the list. Is. Like, there's nothing since Friday, which was like almost ten years ago now. Well, I, I filtered out for things that I knew you would recognize that's as well. Fair. So that's probably a good move. I had to start in like the seventies because <laughs> there's shit from like the fifties and sixties. I'm like, I've never even heard of these people. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. No worries. Yeah, because I don't want to look. What about this one where the writing's all backwards for some reason? You'd be like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> So that's it. That's the bonus segment. Hit us up with your worst song suggestions. Tell us if you agree with any of the ones we listed off. Hashtag worst song, but spelled W-R-S-T like, like sausages. W-U-R-S-T? Yeah. That's the one. Right, because I, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, W and then a U. Yeah. Oh, it just kind of, yeah, I got you. Triple, yeah. triple U, we call it. Triple U, as they say in the business. <laughs> that is the end of our episode. Thank you for joining us. And as we always say, on Cover Me. She could tell from my face that I was listening to Cover Me.